don't know if all that's true, but you've got me, and baby, I've got you. Wow, baby, I got you, baby, I got you, baby. They say I love only the rent, or it's money's over it's spent. Welcome, everyone, to another special bonus episode of That Record Got Me High. I'm your host, Rob Elba, and it's another patron-curated episode where I have the patrons send in their submissions for a theme that we have. Uh, In the opening, you heard, what do we hear? We heard a little of Sonny and Cher. We heard uh, Marianne Faithful and uh, David Bowie, Chrissy Hind and UB40, and Joey Ramone and Holly Beth Vincent. Doing uh, the Sunny and Cher classic, I Got You Babe. So that gives you a hint of the theme. Well, hint. You already know what the theme is because it's in the name of the episode. It is that duet collaboration, Got Me High. And uh, oh, I feel like I always say this is the best episode ever, but this might actually be the best patron episode ever because it's just so great. So I'm going to get right to it. Just uh, remember... If you'd like to start participating in these episodes, just go to patreon.com forward slash TRGMH and become a patron. All right. I'm going to do this in the order that I received uh, the submissions. I received the most submissions ever I've ever gotten. I think this is going to be the longest episode we've ever done, but it's just so great. So we're going to start things off with our friend Izo Basaras. Uh, Izo is one of the few people I know who actually, he loves Barry Manilow. This is not his pick, but he, I, he, he loves Barry Manilow unironically, not ironically at all. He just loves Barry Manilow and he loves a lot of schmaltzy, cheesy stuff. He just loves it, but he's also, he loves rock and roll too. And he's a rocker, but, uh, and also I, I should say he mentions two picks in this, which shows that he can't really follow the rules either, but it's okay. Take it away. Izo. Hello everyone, this is Izo Basaras from Humbert. Once again, I love this episode's theme, Rob, but as usual, it's a toughie. Um, I actually chose two songs, one from a duo, a bonafide duo, and the other one is from the communion of two great but distinctive voices. Um, So here we go. The first one is the Everly Brothers' Let It Be Me. I almost went with Simon and Garfunkel, but I made that choice because the Everly Brothers inspired me a lot throughout my career, ever since I discovered them back in like late elementary school. But this song in particular takes me by the insides and pulls gently but fatally. That melody is like organic honey and those harmonies will make your toes curl. They are just an amazing duo and one of the greats of all time and I love listening to them. Now, for a collaboration of two discrete artists, and this one was harder, I chose Stevie Nicks and Kenny Loggins, Whenever I Call You Friend. I almost went with Islands in the Stream by another Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton, um, which I also love, but I went with the former. 
I went with whenever I call you friend because Stevie Nicks, well, at that time, she was the stuff of fantasy, but their voices create a gorgeous blend, but their individual performances in the verses and those vocal riffs throughout their glorious, epic, perfect. And that acapella intro, that, that acapella intro is so beautiful, and it's one of the greatest ever recorded, I think. So there it is. Thank you, and enjoy the rest of the episode. Bye. I begin to think I understand Anywhere you and I always been Ever and ever I see myself within your eyes And that's all I need to show the world Everything I do always takes me home Now we have longtime patron Tom Lowry, uh, who sent his pick in early this time, so he wouldn't forget, because I think sometimes uh, he forgets and then uh, then it's too late, uh, which is, that's good life advice in general, do get things in early. So uh, let's listen to see what Tom has. Hey, Rob. It's Tom Lowry. Since I decided to fritter and waste my hours in an offhand way and blew it on the last episode, I want to get this one in early. So my choice for uh, duet is Bonnie Raitt and John Prine singing John Prine's song Angel from Montgomery. It comes from a live tribute album, a tribute to Steve Goodman done in 1986. Steve Goodman was a, uh, a writer, singer-songwriter who uh, wrote the City of New Orleans song and died of leukemia at that age. So they had a tribute for him. And I first heard this song on uh, his Great Days compilation but it, it hails from his first album. What makes this song special are uh, both the lyrics and the, the vocals on it. Uh, Bonnie Raitt just takes this to another level. Her voice just soars on this song. And it's just her and an acoustic and electric and John singing this. So it's just amazing. The lyrics cover the life of somebody that's lived a fair amount. They have more life in the rear view than they do in front of them not unlike me or some of the other listeners. And it's a reflection on both the good and the bad choices this person has made. So enjoy the song. It's a great and the best version of it. Thanks. I am an old woman Named after my mother My old man is another Child has grown old Dreams with thunder This old house would have burnt down a long time ago. Make me an angel that flies from Montgomery. Make me a 
just give me one thing that I can hold on to. To believe in this living is just a hard way to go. When I was a young girl, I had me a cowboy. Much to look at, just a free rambling man. But that was a long time, and no matter how I tried, the years just flow by like a broken down dam. Make me an angel, flies from Montgomery. Beautiful, beautiful. Thanks, Tom. All right. Now we have our good friend and the creator of the that Facebook group got me high page, uh, the mysterious Mark Garita, with a really great outside the box and outside the bottle pick. Hey, Rob, it's your favorite alcohol-themed burner account, Mark Garita here. I can't wait to hear you and Barry reunite and sing I Got You Babe for this episode. My pick is the song Piss Bottle Man off Mike Watt's album Ball Hog or Tugboat. I think both you or Steve Michener could make an album like this. If anybody who remembers my pick for the Halloween episode, it had a bunch of indie rockers on it, and this album is the same uh, kind of thing. Um, so many times bands get locked into the hamster wheel of recording, promoting, and touring. It's cool to hear an album that's outside of that framework a little bit and more community-focused. <laughs> There are some things a guy gets from his pie Some of those things get spaced, others never forgot I got such a tradition, I keep in my truck can Unfortunately, Barry was unavailable for that uh, I Got You Babe duet that you'd mentioned this time, but you, you never know, maybe in the future, uh, maybe. All right, now we have patron Marsha Potts uh, with our second Everly Brothers mention. Uh, so let's take it away, Marsha. Hey, Rob, it's Marsha in Central Florida, and song by a duo that gets me high is Down in the Willow Garden by the Everly Brothers, which is off of their 1958 record, Songs Our Daddy Taught Us. 
And that is a record that's got a lot of death, it's got a lot of sadness, and it's absolutely gorgeous. For me, Down in the Willow Garden is the song off of that record that hits the hardest because it's got the most death, it's got the most sadness. It's one of a couple of murder ballads off of the album, and I find it especially chilling because those very sweet and very lovely and very pretty harmonies are in such stark contrast to the brutal killing that's detailed in the first 90 seconds of the song. As well, those same lovely and sweet and pretty harmonies make you mournful for our murderer because at the end of the song, he is awaiting his own execution. It's just an incredibly beautiful dark song that will linger with you and haunt you for a long time after you've listened to it. Down in the Willow Garden by the Everly Brothers. Down in the Willow Garden Where me and my love did meet As we sing Brothers could be so dark. Right? Not me. I didn't know, but I guess other people may know that. Thanks, Marsha. Uh, great as usual. Now we have patron Paul Raub uh, with another song I was totally unfamiliar with, never heard. So let's hear from Paul. Hi, this is Paul Raub. The uh, collaboration that got me high is Sweet Fire of Love by Robbie Robertson and U2 off Robbie's first solo album. It's just everybody's everything's firing on all cylinders. Uh, Robbie's voice is so cool and lived in and, uh, you know, Bono being used just for contrast and just to really punch things is, uh, works brilliantly, uh, as several other guest vocalists on that album do. And uh, yeah, I believe they wrote this together. It sounds like it came together pretty quickly in the studio and you can hear them really just, you know, digging it and having fun. And, uh, you know, Robbie and the Edge playing off each other and probably one of my favorite Larry Mullen drum tracks. It's just, 
it's just a great tune and of last you know Robbie Robbie's always great and then to me it's classic era U2 which is defined as uh, the era before I lost interest that's my tune didn't we break the silence didn't we fear the storm didn't we move the earth Thanks, Paul. Uh, I heard U2 is working on a new record, and uh, I believe, I think this time, uh, they're going to surgically implant it directly into all of our brains. So uh, looking forward to that. Uh, Now we have our good friend Jay Reeve with a typically eclectic pick. Hey, Rob, and everybody out there in that record got me high land. This is Jay Reeve, and my choice for duet collaboration that got me high was the 2005 release on Epitaph Records, Danger Doom, uh, The Mouse in the Mask, featuring Danger Mouse. Uh, He's better known uh, for producing the uh, controversial Grey album, and uh, Beck, and he also performs in Broken Bells with the dude from The Shins, and and also on this album is MF Doom. This was my first exposure to him. Uh, he wound up being probably my f- most favorite rap MC. Uh, he wore a mask, never took his mask off in public. Uh, you Doom, MF Doom, you spell his name in all caps. Uh, he also collaborated with Mad Lib on the Mad Villain album, which came out a year prior to this and was my number two runner-up runner up for uh, collaboration that got me high. Um, he's also a solo artist. It was a solo artist, I should say. And um, also on this uh, record, there's appearances by Ghostface Killer from, from Wu-Tang Clan, uh, Talib Kweli, uh, CeeLo Green, and uh, many others, as well as voices and characters from the Cartoon Network Adult Swim uh, cartoon series. Uh, it includes Aqua Teen Hunger Force, Space Ghost, Brock, uh, Harvey Birdman, a whole bunch of things. It's really a fun album. I recommend it to anybody who likes hip-hop or rap. Uh, if you've never heard it, I would suggest going to seek it out. It's a very, like I said, very, very fun album. Head on straight, mask on crooked. Exit stays left with the cash gone, took it. Off like a goofy, the fit was a bit doofy. He tried to get screwed with that two for you, one two for me, G. Cut the cranky attitude, wet him like a handkerchief on a stanky fatter dude. Whether you're a rapper or a dang sanger, once you in, it's only one way out. Like a gangbanger with a new crew keychain and street name. 
fame, peep game Just to keep feta and stay dip You need it like a letter or better or get away with This old thing's rusted and crusted as the gold rings the old king's busted Plan to end global starvation and fat her Now what in tarnations did I go and do that for? Stuff happens like getting snuffed for tough tit rapping See I told him enough, quit you yapping The same applied to any and all chumps The only question he had for y'all is how many lumps? Three or four, either or, one sherry or more So why you need your heater for? The super villain slid in your party for free Warner MC, get out of here kid, you bother me My mask off my face was missing for two days For the record, G Came back a year later Whole new identity Tony Stark's pedigree My money green like my nickname was Celery Who was ghost who flashed his toast Never wore sheets but bulletproof coats Oh no, the fans cried for the mask back on Told him ghost is dead He returned at the crack of dawn Few years from now Him and his pals before the Jetson ever arrived He'll be back summertime 2005 With a half a face iron The other half water looked like alien science In the summertime, yeah, you can see all right, Jay, bringing the hip-hop to TRGMH, R.A.P. M.F. Doom, also, by the way. All right, now our friend Corey Dubrowa uh, returns with a great pick. Let's hear from Corey. Hey, Rob and fellow patrons, Corey Dubrowa from Berkeley, California here, and the duet that got me high and that I still listen to every year come rain or shine is Graham Parsons and Emmylou Harris's Return of the Grievous Angel from his second and last solo LP, 1974's Grievous Angel. Uh, a little bit of background, Graham's mix of country, soul, folk, blues, gospel, and rock was something he called Cosmic American Music, and this was the record, and this was the song, in my opinion, where that vision was actually fully realized. Uh, this track is probably more Bakersfield Country, the drugged-up, down-and-out edition than anything else, but... Graham's lower register and Emily's beautiful upper register would go on to become one of country's most recognizable signature sounds and set the table for a number of country duets that followed. Uh, evidently, it was something of a mess during these sessions. Uh, the morphine that eventually killed him was a pretty obvious problem, at least to the musicians he was working with. He was often late to the sessions. Emmy Lou was something of a minder in addition to his singing partner. The song itself was tracked with Elvis's Taking Care of Business band from the 70s, which included James Burton, Ronnie Tut, and Glenn Hardin. In fact, he refers to Elvis in the song. There's a lyric that says, a king who wore on his head an amphetamine crown, um, and was also recorded along with Graham's friend Bernie Letton from the Eagles on guitar, Al Perkins on pedal steel, and Byron Berline on fiddle. Graham was inspired by Boston poet Tom S. Brown, who gave him the lyrics to Return of the Grievous Angel, with Parsons in mind as the singer. Grievous Angel is the name of the train that the Traveler takes in the song, and it's also the name of the duet that got me high. Thanks for scratch my itch, sweet Annie Rich, and welcome me back to town. Come out on your porch or step into your parlor, and I'll tell you how it all went down. With the truckers and the kickers and the cowboy angels And a good saloon in every single town Oh, and I remembered something you once told me And I'll be damned if it did not come true 
calico bonnet from Cheyenne. Thank you, Corey. All right, now we have a somewhat uh, bizarre pick. Uh, at least it's to me, it's bizarre. I don't know. It's a collaboration of two artists that I never really warmed up to, but I know a lot of uh, a lot of uh, TRGMH listeners enjoy. Uh, so uh, patron Josh Metzger is going to tell you all about it. Hey, Rob, it's Josh Metzger here again. Um, the collaboration that got me high was uh, Frank Zappa and Captain Beefheart. Uh, they did a, a whole album called Bongo Fever. I think it was 1975. Uh, anyway, yeah, an old friend of mine uh, turned me on to this. Uh, her dad is obsessed with Frank Zappa. And uh, yeah, after hearing this uh, this album, I caught it too. This is one of my old-time favorites. This is called Muffin. That it didn't know nothing Girl, you thought it was a man But it only was a puffin No cries was heard in the night As a result of him stuffing This next pick by uh, by new patron Danielle Herrera was on my short list of duets. I, you'll hear at the end. I actually went through a lot of different uh, different things, uh, but I'm really glad someone chose it because uh, it's a classic duet, and uh, Danielle's going to explain why. Hi, this is Danielle Herrera, and one of my favorite duets is "Fairy Tale of New York." It's sung by uh, Shane McGowan from the Pogues and Christy McCole. The reason why I love this song so much is because it's very real, very raw, nitty gritty and funny in a dark humor sort of way, but still very beautiful, sweet and sad. And yes, it is completely possible for a song to be all of these things. It's technically a Christmas song, but it has nothing to do with miracles or snow or anything like that. It's about broken dreams and wasted youth. Through the upbeat Irish music, the two characters are going off on each other, calling each other names and accusing one another of basically ruining their lives. But it still has a very sweet, sad ending. She accuses him of taking her dreams from her, but he responds that he put her dreams with his own, that he can't make it all alone, and that he built his dreams around her. Isn't that just beautiful and heartbreaking? An interesting little fact is that the song is actually banned from being played on a lot of radio stations. 
released in 1988. It has a couple pretty understandably offensive lyrics. Still, if you look past all of that and see the song for what it is, I'm sure you'll feel the same way that I do. It's just a great, great song. It was Christmas Eve, babe In the drunk tank An old man said to me Won't see another one And then I sang a song patron bobby joe uh bobby joe always brings us really great great tunes and this is a really cool song that i had never heard before either and it rocks so let's hear from bobby joe hey rob it's bobby joe i love this idea of duets good job um i think of duets like i always think of them being super cheesy like the one with uh, dolly parton and kenny rogers and like that's what I think of duets. Uh, they had that song, Island in the Streets or Island in the Stream. I don't remember what it was, but it was super cheesy. And they're always about love and gazing into each other's eyes and sparkles. But um, the one that I chose today is kind of like my go-to song if I have to get something done, like folding socks or like maybe cleaning the kitchen floor or something that I don't want to do. Um, it's Iggy Pop and Peaches. It's called Kick It, and it is, yeah, it, it, it gets you moving. Kick it, 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 kick it
Rosa. Thank you, Bobby Joe. That was awesome. All right. And now uh, here's our good friend, Jeff Greenstein, who I know has been really busy lately. So I appreciate it that uh, he wasn't too busy to send in another typically great submission uh, from Jeff Greenstein. This is Jeff Greenstein with a duet that got me high. This was easy. Refreshingly easy. One thing came to mind. It's perfect. It's the best duet ever recorded. And I give it to you now with very little explanation. It is Mark Bolan and Cilla Black on the Cilla Black Show in 1973 singing his song, Life's a Gas. Can I sing that one of yours, Life's a Gas? Please. Thank you. I could have loved you, girl, like a planet I could have changed your heart to a star But it really doesn't matter at all No, it really doesn't matter at all Life's a gas You could actually find a video of that on the YouTubes, and as you can imagine, it is indeed sublime. Thanks again, Jeff. Uh, Okay, I had a feeling uh, someone would include a version of this next song, uh, and I think you'll agree that our old pal Todd Nolan picked a pretty good version of this song. So let's hear from Todd. Hey there, fellow Patreon collaborators and listeners. It's Todd Nolan checking in from Music City with my pick for the duet that got me high. Being a fan of country music and living in Nashville lends itself to an endless supply of amazing collaborations and duets. You never know who might pop up on an album or a live show just because they happen to be in town at the same time. I've had so many holy shit moments at concerts since I moved here nine years ago, and it never gets tired. In fact, I'm almost more blown away when there isn't a surprise guest brought on stage than otherwise. And yet, I knew instantly the duet that had been a longtime favorite of mine, without a doubt, Love Hurts by Graham Parsons and Emmylou Harris is that very song. Love Hurts was written and composed by the amazingly prolific songwriter Boudlow Bryant, who along with his wife Felice penned such greats as Rocky Top, Wake Up Little Susie, and Bye Bye Love. Love Hurts was first recorded in 1960 by the Everly Brothers and later by Roy Orbison, Nazareth, and tons of others, but the version by Graham and Emmylou is the one that really does it for me. It was released on Parsons' final album, Grievous Angel, recorded in the summer of 1973 with his longtime singing partner Emmylou Harris and various members of Elvis's TCB band. 
Despite the fact that throughout the Grievous Angels recording sessions, Graham was battling with heroin and alcohol addiction, showing up late to sessions, and constantly being babysat by Emmy Lou, he still managed to finish the album. However, on September 19, 1973, in Room 8 of Joshua Tree Inn, near his beloved Joshua Tree National Park, Graham Parsons died of a morphine overdose. Along with some friends of mine, I've been to Room 8. I've paid my respects to where his good friend and road manager Phil Kaufman drunkenly set his stolen body and casket ablaze in the Joshua Tree National Park, and yes, even finally to where his ashes were laid to rest in New Orleans. Love Hurts and its album were finally released in January of 1974, four months after Graham's death, and still remains a staple in Emmylou's set list. It is a sad, beautifully sung duet between two good friends and hits that much harder because of Parsons' tragic death so soon after it was recorded. But just like the lyrics say, love is like a flame, it burns you when it's hot. Love hurts. And uh, how awesome is it that two patrons picked two different uh, Graham Parsons and Lou Harris songs from the same record, but different ones? Once again, I got so many uh, submissions, no duplicates. People always worry. They say, oh, someone's probably picked this already, but it's it's amazing. I get no duplicates, uh, which shows what an eclectic group of listeners we have here at That Record Got Me High. All right. Now we have our patron from across the pond, Paul Marfleet. Uh, with a great band from the 90s uh, that I, apparently he says they're still going and I'd kind of forgotten about. So let's hear from Paul. Hi, Rob. Paul Marfleet here with my pick for your latest Patreon episode. The song I've chosen is Travelling Light by Nottingham's Tindersticks, a duet between lead singer Stuart Staples and Carla Torgerson of The Walkabouts from their second eponymous album. A gloriously melancholic piece of country-tinged melodrama Travelling Light tells the story of a man who has made his way through life without taking responsibility for his actions and leaving others like his former partner to pick up the pieces. He says he travels light because facing up to his mistakes would be too burdensome. But the female character sees through this facade. I particularly like the following lines from the song. There's a crack in the roof where the rain falls through. 
That's a place you always decide to sit. Yeah, I know I'm there for hours, the water running down my face. Do you really think you keep it all that well hid? With her final comeback, no, you don't travel light. She destroys any notion her former lover might have of living a guiltless life. I've got to think that Tindersticks were big Lee Hazelwood fans, because the heavily orchestrated arrangement and Stuart Staples' lugubrious vocals remind me of those late 60s mini-epics he cut with Nancy Sinatra. Tindersticks are still going, so check out their back catalogue if you haven't come across them before. I don't remember There are times and days They mean nothing to me I've been looking through Some of them old pictures They don't search Jog my memory I'm not waking in the morning, staring at the walls these days. I'm not getting out the boxes, spread out all over the floor. I've been looking through some of them old pictures. These faces, they mean nothing to me. Guess what? It's our old pal, Is This Tomorrow's Woody Compton, who, shocker, doesn't like uh, a lot of duets uh, because he thinks they're corny and cheesy. Uh, but he managed to sort it out and find one that he did love. And uh, let's hear from Woody. Hi, this is Woody Compton of Is This Tomorrow calling in from Gainesville, Florida. When I'm invited to participate in these Patreon curated episodes, I usually go with the first thing that comes to mind. Rob always says, don't overthink it. So I decided against that approach and began to do some simple internet research on duets. And I quickly realized that most of the duets I saw listed as the best of all time would also rank high on my least favorite songs of all time. The duets certainly can lead to some unfortunate pairings on some pretty corny songs. Seriously, look it up. Look up some of the lists of the best duets and you'll be treated to a list of some pretty unbearable schmaltz. So I went back to my first approach. The song that immediately came to mind when I saw the topic was Baby Don't Go by Dwight Yoakam and Sheryl Crow. I'm a big fan of Dwight's retro country style of music, and he often chooses some great songs to cover in and out of the country genre. This one is a Sonny and Cher song that I was unfamiliar with before hearing it on this record. It doesn't seem to get up uh, on playlists that are of old-timey radio stations doing oldies songs. They just never seem to end up playing this one for some reason. 
The song was written by Sonny and follows the often told story of Cher's early life as a social outcast growing up poor. This was originally to be sung just by Cher, but she felt nervous and froze in the recording studio. She asked Sonny to join her and make her feel more confident in the recording session. He sang the high part in She the Low, which as you can guess is an unusual arrangement for a male-female duet. The reason why the Dwight-Sherrill version is my pick over the Sonny and Cher version is that it's the superior version. Dwight has a better voice than Sonny, and the band is great. They make this slinky shuffle groove really feel just right, and Pete Anderson's production and guitar playing, as usual, is perfect. Cheryl Crow somehow sounds like Cher and herself at the same time. Dwight has done a few great duets, but this is probably my favorite. Some voices don't work well together no matter how good they are individually, and thankfully, this one isn't a corny ballad destined to ruin weddings after the couple's first dance. Yeah, I'm talking about you, Leather and Lace. I think this song gets forgotten as it is on one of Dwight's filler albums, Under the Covers, which, as the title would suggest, is a covers album, you know, him covering other people's material. It also is one of Dwight's weaker records, which it feels like he put it out to help fulfill his contract with Reprise Records, with whom his relationship had soured at the time. If you're familiar with the original, you might notice this arrangement has recast the verses into the third person in order to give Yoakum additional vocal parts. This is one of the few songs that I re-listened to from this album, but it was the first thing that came to mind when I heard the topic for this episode. She never had a mother She hardly knew her dad She's been in town for 18 years And I'm the only boy she's had Woody. All right. I believe uh, I believe this is patron Eric Lohman. I think this is his first submission. So welcome uh, to submitting, Eric. Uh, and it's a good one. Uh, I met Eric in Seattle uh, when I was stuck there last summer. And he came to the hotel I was staying at. And we did our most metal episode ever, I think, Diary of a Madman. And uh, now he brings us, well, I'm going to let Eric tell you about it. The song that always seems to get me high is the the's. Kingdom of Rain, from the incredible voices of both Matt Johnson and Sinead O'Connor. They just blend so perfectly together. Either of them could sing anything, and it probably would get me high. But this song is one of a kind.
And I know something's going on in your life. Your life. Your Eric. All right. So uh, most people with this category went with duets, but uh, here's patron James McLaughlin, uh, who leaned more in the collaboration side, which some people did. So uh, take it away, James McLaughlin. Hey, Rob and patrons for the collaboration that got me high. I'm going to go with my runner up for the last patron episode. The song is The Boogie. It's from Maze of Sounds, a record by Janko Nilovic who is a Montenegrin composer of library music in the 60s, who's been much sampled by hip-hop folks, and a Russian funk band from Novgorod called the Soul Surfers. It's my favorite thing to make dinner to right now. I hope you guys enjoy it. It's kind of like a funky music. have our friend Canadian documentary filmmaker Alan Zweig with his submission take it away Alan hi this is Alan from Toronto my uh, duet that got me high comes from Nino Tempo and April Stevens a brother and six sister act from Niagara Falls USA where the falls don't look as good as they do on the Canadian side uh, before I tell you about the song I just want to apologize to Hal Gelb and Lisa Germano whose records get me high, I really did want to choose their version of the song Sand by Lee Hazelwood and Nancy Sinatra, but then I remembered this Nino and April song. So it's from their 1966 record, Hey Baby, which I very much encourage you to look up online just to see their matching outfits. Uh, This song was also released as a single, 
It's not the original version, but it's their version of I Love How You Love Me, which I've chosen not really for the vocals, which are, you know, pretty good, but for the arrangement. There's no credits for who produced it or who arranged it. It has a kind of a Phil Spector feel, but there's really something very special about the arrangement or the instrumentation of this song, which I thought you would all enjoy hearing. So here's Nino Tempo and April Stevens with I Love How You Love Me. Okay, admit you were not expecting those bagpipes, were you? Uh, I was not expecting them either, but that was awesome. Thanks again, Alan. That was amazing. All right. Hey, it's our old pal and patron, Gary Messick. Hi, I'm Gary Messick, and the collaboration that got me high is by the I Don't Cares, which consists of Juliana Hatfield of Blake Baby's fame and former replacements frontman Paul Westerberg. The one album they've made is titled Wild Stab, and it's really good from beginning to end, but probably my favorite track is King of America. The duo steal a title from Elvis Costello for a great, passionate song with something urgent to say. Remember, as Westerberg sings, he did it all without a gun.
Another great song I had never heard before. That's one of the reasons I love doing these things, because I get so many uh, songs of, you know, a lot of times artists I know, but I I never heard this, and uh, I never knew about that, and I'm going to dig deeper in that for sure. Okay, now, you know him from Volcano Sons and Big Dipper. You know him from the Steve's Random Record Collection Countdown Facebook group. It's Steve Michener. Hey, Rob, it's Steve Michener in Portland, Oregon. I hope it's not as hot back there in Florida as it is up here in Portland. It is misery. I've been listening to a lot of music to get me through, and my favorite duet, since you asked, is a song by Nancy Griffith and John Stewart called Sweet Dreams Will Come. You may know Nancy Griffith as a singer-songwriter with a long career. She recently passed away, but she left behind Dozens of albums of great songs. And John Stewart was an original member of Kingston Trio and was the songwriter on the Daydream Believer. He also had a song, hit song in the 70s, I believe, called Gold, which had uh, Lindsay Buckingham and Stevie Nicks back in the month. Anyway, this song's off of Nancy's Little Love Affairs album, and the two just sing so beautifully together. I love it. I'm sleeping less than early, dreaming of days yet to come. I don't care what you say, I know that those days are sure to come. And I'm waking, and I'm calling. I'm shaking, and I'm falling. No. Thank you, Steve. And to answer your question, it is just as hot here in South Florida right now. We just mainly stay inside in the air conditioning. So, uh, you know, like eight months out of the year. So we don't really notice it. Okay. We have another collaboration here from patron Dan Little uh, with another appearance from Iggy. So take it away, Dan. Hi, this is Dan from Melbourne. And the collaboration that got me high was the 
uh, Iggy Pop and Queens of the Stone Age album, uh, post-pop depression, and specifically the first song, Break Into Your Heart, I think it just um, illustrates what's great about both of those bands, and they just gel together so well, uh, especially coming after uh, Bowie's death and kind of hearing the lyrics that um, Iggy sang on that album. I think it's just a great record all around. I'm gonna break into for always bringing it okay now we have another dan uh it's patron and friend of the show dan Bonebreak, who was all the way listen to this he's all the way in paris france i think uh him and uh, his wife vanessa went for a wedding and he still managed to get a submission in so that's a dedication i would say right so let's hear from our good friend dan Bonebreak. hi trgmhers this is dan Bonebreak of the lightworkers sending this in last minute from paris the duet collaboration that gets me high is Dashboard Confessionals, So Long, So Long. This is my favorite Dash song post my leaving the band. Chris really outdid himself on this stunning composition and gorgeous arrangement. I've been listening to Chris sing along to Counting Crows for many years on tour, and to listen to Adam Durrett sing on one of Chris's songs is the full circle most of us don't get. I love the blending of these two genuine voices. There's an honesty and depth in both of their tones and deliveries that brilliantly sells the lyric. Also, Scott's moving bouncing bass line and octave slides are so perfect for this song, I wish I wrote them. Kudos, my friends. And yes, I'm a homer. And... Hand out the window, floating on air, just a flip of the wrist, and I'm waving it goodbye. Drive past a lifeguard stand, where I'd sit around, waiting for you to remember. So 
Patron Matt Marzullo, uh, who just made it in Under the Wire for his pick. Hey, Rob, this is Matt. The duet slash collaboration that got me high features none other than Kate Bush, who's popular again these days, as you may have noticed. In 1986, she collaborated on a song with a well-known artist at the time. And you may be thinking about Don't Give Up, her collaboration with Peter Gabriel, but that's not it because that song is boring and I wouldn't bring it to this show. No, I'm talking about her guest vocal appearance on a song called The Seer, the title track of Big Country's third album. In my mind, Kate Bush and Big Country is not an odd pairing at all. By this point, Bush had released multiple Celtic-flavored songs, which was Big Country's calling card. So they were a perfect match. On The Seer, Bush sings a hushed backup to Stuart Adamson during the verses. So hushed that you might miss it if you aren't listening on headphones. While she never takes a solo verse, you can envision her as the lead character of the song, a female prophet who is able to see the future. Read through Big Country's lyrics from their first three albums and you'll find yourself placed in a story, not from the 1980s when they were written, but a century if not centuries earlier, and this song is no different. As the seer character in the song, Bush's quiet backing vocals are eerie, but in the chorus and bridge, both which appear twice, she joins at full force to sing some gorgeous harmonies, overpowering Adamson at times. And in the outro during the second stunning guitar solo, Bush adds some oohs and ahs and yeahs and other weird noises that, if I'm being honest, really aren't that cool, but they're easy to overlook. I've mainly focused on Bush, but this song is a reminder of how great the country was for a handful of years. I love this song. Check it out.
you mash. Okay, uh, so I had some problems getting uh, patron Nathan Foley. Uh, Nathan Foley sent an intro in, I guess, and it didn't. At first, it didn't come out right, and then he tried sending it again. So, a uh, technology failed us. I just couldn't get Nate's submission in in time. But I still wanted to get his pick in, so uh, his Nathan's duet pick is uh, the song Stop, Look, Listen to Your Heart by Diana Ross and Marvin Gaye. Right. All right. Thanks, Nathan. And uh, hopefully next time we'll get the uh, we'll get it sorted out. But I'm glad we got you in there. All right. So how, how great was that? How great was the episode? Right. Was I lying? No, I wasn't lying. Uh, so many fantastic submissions. I'm not going to lie. This episode was a monster to put together. Uh, I used to like doing these because it was easy. And now that I that I put my commentary in between to do it and we're getting so much more submissions, it's become like uh, like a monster to do them. But I still I really enjoy uh, doing them and I really enjoyed this one. And I hope uh, all of you did as well. Uh, don't forget, if you would like to join in and start contributing to these episodes, just head over to patreon.com forward slash TRJMH and become a patron of the show. It's that easy. Okay. So guess what? I guess what I did. I went against my own advice, and I overthought it at first. Ugh, I went through a bunch of different selections, and I kept changing my mind, and I was starting to make myself crazy, and then thinking, oh, are people not going to like this, or maybe I shouldn't pick that, and then, you know, finally, I took a step back, and then I remembered. It was 1984. I was living up in Salem, Massachusetts. Uh, I was listening to a Boston radio station. Uh, had to be either uh, WBCN or WFNX. I, I would listen to a lot of the college stations, but this, I'm thinking I heard it on uh, one of the major ones, BCN or FNX. And I heard a song that was unlike anything I had ever heard. Just in the first minute, there was drum machines, there's a synth bass, there's a vaguely like Asian sounding keyboards, and then like an Americana harmonica, and then there's some narration, and then that voice. Soprano Betty Ann White singing a bit from Puccini's Madame Butterfly. I 
I just sat there, kind of dumbfounded, listening to the entire six-plus-minute song and just listening to it. And when her voice soar at the end, when her voice soars one last time at the end, I swear, I think I almost wept. Uh, I mean, you know, I probably didn't, uh, but that's how I remember it. But um, I don't think I actually did. But all right, so this batshit crazy project uh, by Malcolm McLaren. Uh, yes, this is the notorious uh, clothes huckster and manager of the New York Dolls and the Sex Pistols, Malcolm McLaren, who is not even a musician, really. But he did an album called Fans, which is basically his attempt at fusing opera with 1980s R&B. So on paper, this sounds like a train wreck, right? It sounds like a recipe for disaster. And honestly, the album it doesn't really hold up uh, because it just, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of, yeah, you get it, the, the opera and the R&B, it doesn't hold up. But this one song, the opening track, Madame Butterfly, Un Bel de Bedremo, is for me, it's just a weirdly magnificent one-off masterpiece. Uh, aside from Malcolm, and you got the soprano uh, I mentioned, Betty Ann White, uh, you also have Debbie Cole uh, as the voice of Cho Cho San. And uh, the melding of the three of them was this like slick, hip-hop sounding backing tracks. Uh, it's just the definition of ear candy. And it's all just, I, I don't know, I just love it. I just love it. So thanks again, patrons. And thanks to everyone for listening and for your continued support. It really means the world to me. We'll see you all again soon. Okay, take it away, Chocho. Go ahead.